90 and Extra Time podcast. I hope everybody had a great weekend. Hopefully, a football-filled weekend. Hopefully, your team won. If not, you know, there's always next week. Um, all right, so I'm going to start off uh, with Champions League uh, for this past week. Match day one. Uh, had some interesting games. Had some disappointments. Um, but I think all in all, it was a pretty good start to the uh, 2019-20 20 version of the uh, the tournament. So <clears throat> first we had uh, Salzburg 6. This is Red Bull Salzburg 6. Genk 0. Now Salzburg has this guy uh, Erling Braut Holland. I think that's how you say his name. Um, he's Norwegian and this dude's just been killing it. Um, let's see, I think in 10 matches he scored 17 goals and in this match um, against Genk, he had a he had a hat trick. I mean, he's just he's making it look easy. Um, I read something that last year in May for the uh, the under twenties um, World Cup, uh, he scored nine goals in a game against I think it was Honduras that he scored nine goals in a single game. I mean, that's that's just phenomenal. I mean, we'll we'll see you know how teams play against him moving forward. But right now, I mean, it seems like he just can't be stopped. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. I mean, 17 goals in 10 games. And then to think that he scored, I mean, granted it was under 21s, but he scored nine goals in a single game is ridiculous. All right, so next we have uh, Inter Milan 1, Slavia Prague 1. Definitely didn't see that happening at all. I definitely thought that Inter would be much, much better at home. Um, I don't know. Just didn't seem to, to work out for him. Uh, the game that I watched a lot of was Borussia Dortmund 0, Barcelona 0. I guess that's a good result for Dortmund, even though they're playing at home. Um, Messi came in, you know, halfway through the game. Um, but it just seems like Barcelona is struggling. They are not the Barcelona that we are used to seeing. I mean, it's you, you would think that with the addition of Griezmann... Um, I, I mean, they would just be playing better. Um, I think their coach, he may be, I think he's past the hot seat. I think that he is definitely, if they don't start winning, um, he may get two to three more games to, you know, try to turn this, this thing around. But, uh, to me, it seems like at, at a club like Barcelona losing, um, as much as they've been doing and just, just not performing well and when I say losing you know a draw is not a loss obviously but you know for Barcelona that that's just not a good result I understand Messi's been hurt you know Suarez was out I, I get it there's still the team chemistry issues or whatever but uh, they just don't seem like they they're just not playing well and it's it's so upsetting to see because we're so used to Barcelona being so great and you know just providing this entertainment this magic on the field but they just haven't been able to pull it together so far this year all right, uh, next we got Lyon 1, Zenit St. Petersburg 1. I pretty much assumed that that game would end like that. I mean, it could, it could have went either way. Um, Benfica 1, RB Leipzig 2. That's a, a quality win for, for Leipzig on the road there. Um, Chelsea 0, Valencia 1. Definitely didn't see that one happening. Um, but Chelsea, you know, they're in a weird spot themselves. You know, I mean, they, they, a lot of people thought Frank Lampard would come in and be the savior. Um, you know, with the addition of Kristen Pulisic, but you know they can't—they're uh, not going to be able to bring in any players during the the winter break or the winter transfer market. And 
I don't know. Maybe they'll, they'll turn it around. It's, it is one game. You know, Valencia is not a not a bad team, um, but to lose that at Stanford Bridge is, you know, it's a little. I guess it's just not what we're used to. Um, we got Ajax three, Lille zero. Uh, I thought that game would be a little bit closer, but uh, I could see. You know, Ajax is is a good team. Lille is still. You know, they're still trying to figure out what they what they have going on. Um, I don't know, but I think the the shock match of the Tuesday games in match day one was Napoli two, Liverpool zero. Now, just like I mentioned with Barcelona, maybe it's not, you know, they were on the road. Maybe it's not time to, to start freaking out. Um, there's still, you know, five matches left in the group stage. But uh, I don't know. That First off, I will say that I think that penalty that uh, Napoli got awarded was a little suspect. You know, but uh, and, you know, once a team goes down a goal, it's really easy for the other team to exploit that. The other team has to change up their tactics because now they're goal down. So they can't really try as much, you know, take as many risks. And it completely changes the the whole complexion of the game. Um, And I think that's what happened to to Liverpool. I mean, I don't know. It just didn't seem to me like they were they were able to move the ball. It just I don't know. There's something about that stadium, too. I just teams just can't go in there expecting to win and I think Liverpool they have a certain aura and swagger about them but uh they got punched in the mouth going down to Naples so uh Napoli so um yeah I mean I still think they're going to end up winning that group but uh we'll see I mean if if Napoli can do the same thing when they go to Anfield I mean that'll that'll be surprising but uh we'll see what happens all right, on to the Wednesday games for match day one. We had Club Brugge 0, Galatasaray 0, Olympiacos 2, Tottenham 2. I guess that's a good result for Olympiacos, not so much for Tottenham, but uh, at least they came out of there with some points instead of you know coming out of there with 0. Uh, we got Bayern Munich 3, Red Bull, or Red Bull, Red Star Belgrade 0. Um, that's pretty much expected. Dynamo Zagreb 4, Atalanta 0. Um, this is Atalanta's first time ever in the Champions League. I thought that this game would be a little bit closer. Maybe there was some nerves, some jitters, plus they're on the road, but Atalanta didn't look well. They did not look good in this uh, at all. Um, Shakhtar Donetsk 0, Manchester City 3, and that's expected. Um... Bayer Leverkusen 1, Lokomotiv Moscow 2. I didn't get to watch this game at all, but uh, I'm, I'm actually surprised that Bayer Leverkusen lost this at home. Lokomotiv Moscow, they they have been able to, you know, shock some teams every once in a while. It's the same thing with, like, Zenit St. Petersburg. Sometimes they just show up, and there's really nothing that you can do about it. Um, let's see. Now, on to these games that... I don't know, didn't expect the results to go this way, but Atletico Madrid 2, Juventus 2. Again, Juventus on the road, getting a point is pretty good, you know, for both teams because, you know, Atletico Madrid is is a decent team um, playing against Juventus, who I'm sure not just me have uh, have them favored to win the Champions League this year, but um, they are playing at home. Getting a point against, you know, the heavily favored team to win the entire tournament is a, is a good thing. Same thing for Juventus. Um, I actually 
thought that Juventus would win this game, but you know, finished 2-2. And then I guess the game that shocked everybody, myself included, <laughs> PSG 3, Real Madrid 0. Now, remember just a few years ago, it, it seemed like Spanish football was the the the, the pinnacle of of European football. Um, I remember there was a time when both Sevilla had won the Europa League and then it was like an all Madrid final in the Champions League. And then, you know, you had Real Madrid winning the Champions League three years in a row. Um, and it just, I don't know, it, it just seemed like the Spanish dominated, but, uh, they weren't really that good. I don't know, at least in my opinion, but in this game, Paris made Real Madrid look like, I don't know, look like it was like they were still playing in the International Champions Cup, that that summer friendly tournament uh, that happens in the USA and, you know, in other countries around the world. Um, it's a little upsetting to see Real Madrid losing like that because you're not used to it. It's like the same thing with Barcelona. But unlike Barcelona, Real Madrid, <clears throat> excuse me, is coming out of match day one with zero points zero points i mean that's that's insane yes it was on the road psg is still a you know a decent team they have their injuries they have their dramas you know um they just did basically a goalkeeper swap with uh, real madrid also but uh they look like they are ready to play um you know paris has been trying to win the champions league for i don't know i'd say at least two three seasons in a row now and getting a win like that at home, match day one against a Real Madrid side that uh, you know on paper doesn't look bad, that that has to do a lot for their confidence. So we'll see what happens going forward. And uh, yeah, so uh, match day two, I'm looking forward to to all of those matches. Um, but yeah, I still can't believe that PSG blanked them like that. Okay, on to the Europa League. Unfortunately, I did not get to watch much of uh, match day one of the Europa League. I did see plenty of highlights, though. Um, there were quite a few games that you know looked interesting on paper, and then there were some surprise results. Uh, one of them that stood out to me was Ludogorets five, CSK Moscow one. Like that—that's insane. I mean, I remember Ludogorets. Um, I believe they qualified, I want to say, for the Champions League a couple of years ago, and I had never heard of this team before. Um, but to beat CSK Moscow, yes, they are playing at home. Um, but 5-1 to one is is pretty significant. Um, then another one, I think the biggest shocker, especially if you're a Bundesliga fan, was Borussia Mönchengladbach 0, Wolfsburger AC 4. I mean, it's only match day one, <clears throat> excuse me, and maybe, you know, they didn't... Uh, Mönchengladbach didn't put up a strong team, but, uh, I mean, that's still embarrassing. At home, you lose 4-0. I mean, that, that is tragic. Um, another one, Manchester United won Astana 0. Yes, Manchester United won. They were playing at home, but you would think that the scoreline would have been significantly higher than, uh, than what it was. Then there was um, Slovan Bratislava 4, Besiktas 2. 
Besiktas is on the road, but you know, in my personal opinion, they're a much, much better team than that. Um, it just didn't seem like, like they, they showed up at all. So um looking forward to match day two. Hopefully I'll catch more next week. Um, looks like there'll be some pretty decent games. I'm probably going to watch that Malmo-Copenhagen match. Um, it looks like that'll be a pretty decent one. And then lazio Ren should be a pretty good match. Also, Arsenal and Standard uh, should be pretty good. Let's see. Uh, then we have Feyenoord playing Porto also. Actually, yeah, we'll definitely watch that one. And then, oh, no, see, it's going to be tough because all these matches are pretty much at the same time. Um, St. Etienne hosting Wolfsburg. That should be a pretty decent match. But then there's also Besiktas hosting Wolves. Oh, so much football, so many choices. I guess we'll see. I might have to do some picture-in-picture picture and then have my laptop going, try to make it like a sports bar in my living room. I guess we'll we'll see what happens. But, you know, some pretty decent football in the Europa League. I didn't go over all the results because there was, you know, more games than there was in the Champions League. Um, you know, plus there were some results that were just expected. Um, so we will see what happens. Look forward to match day two next week okay on to the Bundesliga so on Friday we had uh, Schalke no fear hosting Mainz that game finished 2-1 Schalke winning um, Schalke is doing much better than they did last season um, they I think that was since I've been following the Bundesliga that was probably the lowest uh place that I've ever seen Schalke in the table last year. I mean, it was, they just had an abysmal season last year. Um, all right. Then on Saturday we had Freiburg one, Augsburg one, Bayer Leverkusen two, uh, Union Berlin one, excuse me, Union Berlin zero, uh, Bayern Munich four, Cologne zero, Hertha Berlin two, Paderborn one, and that is actually Hertha Berlin's first win of the season. Uh, so congratulations to them. You know, it took them five matches to get their first win. That's pretty upsetting. Uh, Werder Bremen, zero. RB Leipzig, three. RB Leipzig right now is sitting on top of the table. They're doing quite well this year. Um, Borussia Mönchengladbach, two. Fortuna Dusseldorf won. That's a good win for Mönchengladbach to be able to bounce back that loss uh, in the Europa League. Uh, Eintracht Frankfurt 2. Borussia Dortmund 2. Um, I don't know what happened there. I wish I could have watched that match. Um, that's, I mean, I guess it's good you know, for Dortmund getting a point on the road, but um, it's not a result that they should be getting. All right, and then tonight we have uh, Wolfsburg hosting Hoffenheim. So right now in the Bundesliga, this is how the table looks. In first, we have RB Leipzig, 13 points in five matches. Uh, Bayern Munich, 11 points in five matches. Borussia Dortmund, third, 10 points in five matches. And then Freiburg, sitting in fourth place, 10 points in five matches. And then for those two Europa League spots... Um, in fifth place, we have Schalke Nuelfier, also with 10 points. And then six, Borussia Mönchengladbach, 10 points in five matches. The bottom of the table, third from bottom, we have Cologne, three points. 
17th we have Mainz with three points and then Paderborn is sitting at the very bottom they have not won a game one point in five matches okay so on to League 1 they're on match day 6 on Friday we had Strasbourg hosting Non. it was Strasbourg Two, not one. And Saturday we had Marseille one, Montpellier one, Bordeaux two, Brest two, Mainz, Mainz. Sorry, I still got Bundesliga on my mind. Metz one, Amiens two, Nice two, Dijon one, Nem one, Toulouse zero, Rem zero. Monaco, zero. And then yesterday, we had Rennes, one. Lille, one. This is a surprise. Angers, four. Saint-Étienne, one. And then probably the game of the week. Lyon, zero. Paris Saint-Germain, one. And guess who was a star who won the match for PSG? Yes, it was Neymar. So I think Paris, uh, I guess somehow they're dealing with the, th- the, the drama we had this summer. Um, seems like he's, he hasn't missed a step at all. Um, of course, he is missing two matches in the Champions League, so he won't be playing for Paris uh, next week. But, uh, yeah, I mean... Neymar's doing his thing. I mean, Paris cannot be upset that uh, that he stayed. I mean, he's he's helping the team. He's scoring the goals. I mean, what what more could you want? Hopefully, he's building that cohesion with his teammates that he may or may not have lost. Also, with the confidence of the the owners and the the upper management of the team, you know, winning cures all. You know, nobody asks questions as long as the team is winning, and you know, all the people that are. Uh, in charge of the organization are happy. That's that's all that really matters in the end. All right, on to La Liga. They are in match day five. So we had uh, Asasuna zero, Real Betis zero, Villarreal two, Real Valladolid zero. I actually pronounced that correctly this week. Levante, zero. Ibar, zero. Atletico Madrid, zero. Celta Vigo, zero. The shocker of the week. Granada, two. Barcelona, zero. Now, this is a game that definitely has Valverde in the hot seat. Barcelona's off to their worst start in 25 years, I believe. Um, Yeah, I'm... <laughs> It's tough to watch. I mean, I, I don't see him making it to the end of the season. If uh, if Barcelona does not improve, he will be gone. All right, let's see what else we got. Uh, yesterday we had Getafe 4, Real Mallorca 2, Espanol 1, Real Sociedad 3, Valencia 1, Leganis 1, Athletic Bilbao 2, Alaves 0, Sabia, zero. Real Madrid, one. And Hazard did not really uh, 
do much. <laughs> that goal, the, the winner for Real Madrid was scored by Karim Benzema. Um, it just, I don't know. It's difficult to, to see these two teams, Barcelona and Real Madrid, struggling the way they are. I mean, you know, to be honest, Real Madrid's not doing terribly. But uh, going into this week, or to this match day, Sevilla was sitting on top of the table. Now the table looks a little bit different, but uh, it's still, you know, very, very difficult to see uh, Barcelona not being in that top four. But this is how the top four looks like in La Liga. In first, we have Athletic Bilbao with 11 points. Real Madrid, second, also with 11 points. They're just down on goal differential. Granada in third with 10 points. And Real Sociedad in fourth with 10 points also. And then in the Europa League spots, we have Sevilla with 10 points. And then Atletico Madrid also with 10 points. And Barcelona is sitting down in eighth place with seven points. The bottom of the table, we have Espanyol with four points, Ibar with two, and Laganis with one. So hopefully Barcelona can turn it around. Um, I don't see them, you know, sitting outside of the Champions League spots. I mean, I actually projected them to win La Liga this year. I still, I'm still standing by that. I still think that they're going to win it. Um, they just got to turn it around. Whether that means, you know, the team figuring out a way to, uh, to do it on their own or with a new manager because, you know, something's going to have to give and it's going to be one of those two. Either the manager is going to go or the team is going to improve. Hopefully. We'll see what happens. Okay, on to Syria. Uh, this is match day four for them. Uh, we have Caligari three. Genoa 1, Udinese 0, Brescia 1, Juventus 2, Hellas Verona 1, AC Milan 0, Inter Milan 2. You know how important that Milan derby is. I mean, they play it twice um, per year, obviously. Uh, they share the same stadium. Um, but Lukaku, again, scored in this match. He scored a late goal, 78th minute. Um, I mean, he's looking really, really good. He's slimmed down. Um, he's just he's just playing better than he was in Manchester United. And I mean, <clears throat> I know Manchester United is going to be regretting getting rid of him and Alexis Sanchez as the season progresses. All right. So yesterday we had uh, Sassuola three, Spal zero, Bologna one, Roma two, Lecce one, Napoli four. They're coming off that huge win against Liverpool at home. So. And, you know, for them to win on the road, it's a pretty big game. Sampdoria 1, Torino 0, Atalanta 2, Fiorentina 2, and Frank Ribery actually scored in this game, his first Serie A goal. Uh, Lazio 2, and Parma 0. So the table right now for Serie A is you have Inter Milan on top of the table. They have not lost a match yet. They have 12 points. Juventus in second with 10 points, Napoli in third with nine, and Roma in fourth with eight points. And Lazio is sitting in fifth with seven points, Atalanta in sixth also with seven points. All right, on to our last 
last league for the week, the Premier League. So on Friday we had Southampton 1, Bournemouth 3. Saturday we had Leicester City 2, Tottenham 1, Burnley 2, Norwich City 0, Everton 0, Sheffield United 2, and then one of the most outlandish scores that you'll probably see ever in the Premier League. Manchester City 8, Watford 0. I mean, this this game was ridiculous. I mean, this game literally was over after the first 15 minutes. I mean, they scored 4 goals in 15 minutes. Uh, David Silva scored in the first minute. Then Sergio Aguero in the 7th. Then Maris in the 12th. And then Bernardo Silva scored in the 15th. And then 3 minutes later... Nicholas Otomendi scored. I mean, <laughs> I don't mean to laugh at the, the Watford fans, but they just replaced their coach. Yeah, and I just feel bad for Watford. I mean, lucky for them, this game was on the road. You are playing the defending champions. You know, they still have to work out their kinks. Um, but yeah, Manchester City, I mean, that's that's what they do. You know, if you guys haven't had the chance to, there's a there's a great documentary <clears throat> about last season for Manchester City, and I mean, for me, it was the first time that I ever got to like see how Pep thinks and how he talks to the team. You know, I've seen interviews with him where he's speaking Spanish, and I'm just reading the subtitles. But this is the first time I actually really, aside from an interview, heard him speaking English, and you know, talking to the team, you see the emotion and just how he connects with the guys, and you know, he had that, that comment uh, after last week's loss that uh, to Norwich that Liverpool basically had won the championship, won the Premier League. So I can only imagine how he had the guys sprinting and doing all other kinds of crazy stuff. Um, and then, I mean, you see the result. They come out and put up eight points in the Premier League, or excuse me, eight goals. And, I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. Bernardo Silva had a hat trick. I mean, it's it's insane. Then Kevin De Bruyne topped it all off in the 85th minute. He had a goal, and De Bruyne had two assists. I mean, he had a he had an absolute great game. But even though you know they're behind Liverpool at the moment, I um, it's tough to, especially after a game like that, to not see Manchester City winning it again. So here's how the table's looking right now. Um, we have Liverpool in first. They have not lost. They have 18 points in six matches. In second, five points behind them uh, is Manchester City. Then in third place with 11 points is Leicester City. Arsenal in fourth with 11 points. And then in the Europa League spot, we have West Ham. They're sitting at 11 points. They are only behind Arsenal. On uh, Actually, they have the same goal differential as Arsenal. They just have scored more goals. And then uh, you have Bournemouth in sixth. And then at the bottom of the table, you have Ashton Villa. You have four points. Wolverhampton Wanderers, they have four. And then Watford sitting at the very bottom with two points. So, yeah, um, a lot of games left. I mean, the season <laughs> just started. I still, I, I predicted... Man City to win it again, and I still think they will, even though right now they're five points behind. We'll see where they're sitting at at Christmas. Just remember last year at Christmas, they were nine points back from Liverpool, and everybody was like, oh, you might as well just give Liverpool the championship now, and then look what happened. Man City won it by one point in the end. 
All right, continuing on, we had Newcastle 0, Brighton and Hove Albion 0. Then yesterday, Crystal Palace 1, Wolves 1, West Ham 2, Manchester United 0, Arsenal 3, Ashton Villa 2. Arsenal actually was down to 10 men and somehow found a way to win that game. And then Chelsea 1, Liverpool 2. Sorry, I know I read that out of order. I didn't finish the the results before I did the standings, and I apologize for that. I got a little excited with the whole uh, Manchester City thing. Okay, last results. Um, Stuttgart had a game this past weekend. They hosted Firth here in Stuttgart, and Stuttgart won that game 2-0. Uh, they actually scored a goal in the first two minutes. Daniel Davi, who's been you know the playmaker for the team this year, um, he opened up the scoring early, and they got a late goal in the 82nd minute um, to seal it off. Um, not really much else to say about that. I mean, they played well. Right now, they are sitting on top of the table in the promotion zone because you know they're in the second league. Um, they have 17 points in seven matches. And Hamburg is right behind them. They're at 16 points in seven matches. So hopefully if Stuttgart can just maintain, stay where they are, I will be happy. Um, I'm just, I just need them to, to get back, uh, back to the Bundesliga because it's, it's, this is the second time in like three years that they've been playing in the, in the second league. And it's, it's painful to, you know, every time a Bundesliga match is on or they show the standings or something and seeing Stuttgart not there, it, it kind of pains me. So um, on the 27th, they travel up to uh, Bielefeld to play up there. Um, should be a should be a good match. Bielefeld right now is in third place with 15 points. So hopefully Stuttgart will come out of there and have 20 points, you know, as they head back home. But uh, we'll see what happens, as always. So before I let you guys go this week, um, I know a couple episodes ago I was talking about the FIFA World Cup coming up in 2022 and how it's going to be a Winter World Cup and it's going to, you know, completely mess up a lot of at least the European team schedules. Um, like the MLS will be fine because their season is typically over in you know by November. Um, you know, same thing with some of the other leagues in like Northern Europe and maybe like Russia because it gets too cold. So then they, you know, their calendar is different from the rest of Europe. But I wanted to get you guys' feelings or hear your thoughts or opinions on the 2021 FIFA Club World Cup. Now, as most of you guys know, the Club World Cup is usually played in December. Um, there's usually eight teams. It's the Continental Champions and then whichever country is hosting, it's their league champion um, is playing in the tournament and you know it's usually always for the most part won by a European team you know every once in a while a South American team will sneak in there but because the European teams don't show up until the semifinals anyway they basically just have to win one game make it to the final and then nine times out of ten they're playing against a team from South America so this new format is going to be 24 teams uh, you know from all the confederations um, as of right now, it's going to be played from June to July. They got 17 June to 4 July of 2021. And 
this is it's only going to be once every four years, which is something that I kind of like. Um, you know, it's kind of I don't know where they're going to where it's supposed to be played. I don't know if they have a host country yet for it. It looks like they don't. Um, I don't like the current format, the way that they have it with the, you know, the eight teams and, you know, it's too easy. I do like the fact that they're actually making it more of a club world cup. So there's going to be 24 teams. And to me, that's, that's interesting. It's more, it's going to bring in more teams from, you know, from all over Africa, Asia, South America, CONCACAF. Um, It's just going to be a better tournament. The only thing that I'm worried about is that some of the teams from Europe are saying that they are going to completely try to boycott it. At least right now, they're saying that they are not going to participate in it. And if you don't have the teams from Europe, you're not going to get anybody watching this competition, but I think it has the potential to be a great, great summer competition. Um, you know, it'd be the year before the World Cup. Um, it's a year after the European Championships, and it'll get rid of playing the club, the current Club World Cup format in December when most teams don't really seem to care. It's really basically just a friendly. Yes, there's a nice trophy that comes with it, but uh, it seems like a lot of the teams don't really take it seriously, except for the South Americans. The South Americans absolutely take the Club World Cup seriously, and I think that this new format, uh, when it starts in 2021, they will absolutely put everything into it because it'll be after the um, the European season is over for the most part, and I think they'll, they're just going to gun for it. I mean, for whatever reason, the Club World Cup trophy is coveted and coveted in South America. So I want to know what you guys think about it. Do you think it's a good idea? Do you think it's going to, you know, help, you know, some of these, you know, the continental championships or, or champions or runners up from some of the other confederations that don't get much love, like namely Asia and Africa and, you know, North America as well? Um, let me know what you guys think. As always, you can hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter to search for 90 and Extra Time. And you can email me at 90 and Extra Time at gmail.com. So um, I'll talk to you guys next week. Enjoy some football. And uh, I look forward to hearing from you. All right, you guys have a great week. And I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye.